Hi, I'm Shannon Linton. I'm a mother of two, a musician, co-founder of the Song Music Program, and a huge, huge fan of Cultivate. I live on my family's fourth generation farm near Rice Lake. Hey everybody, welcome to This is Northumberland. I'm your host, Jeff Bray. Today's episode, just like every other episode, we'll be talking to some people of Northumberland, trying to bring you a little closer to the place you live and the people who live here. As always, we love feedback. Please don't hesitate to share your thoughts, good or bad. We're always looking to improve. Hope you enjoy the episode. Hi, Shannon. Welcome to This is Northumberland. Hey, Jack. How's it going? Good. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty well, I think. Um, this is, oh, I said I'm already. Right before this oh. interview, I said that I was going to really work on not saying, um, but I said I'm already. But maybe we'll have a count count going on. Uh, <laughs> see if we, just because just, I need to see that I'm, I'm doing making that mistake. Anyways, um, <laughs> oh, there it is again. This is a poor. This is a poor start to my first ever podcast. But you're my first ever guest on my first ever podcast, and I'm really grateful that you're here. Full disclosure: Shannon and I have been friends for, geez, long time. Grade yeah. grade ten, I think. Was I grade ten? Yeah. Nineteen yeah. ninety yeah. six. Oh my. Sorry to yeah, bring that's that. A long- so I can't lie about my age anymore. That's all right. <laughs> um, well, we went, we got into high school really young, right? Yeah, we, yeah. we were geniuses. both geniuses. I was, I was four when I got <laughs> in. It was a fun time, but it is hard to believe that um, you, you know, we've been friends for 20 years or whatever it's been. Yeah. Um, but it's pretty cool because you still live in the same place that you did back when I first met you. Uh, where, where do you live? I live, uh, I live in Plainville, which is near Rice Lake, uh, also in proximity to Butley, as you pointed out. It's near Butley. Maybe that helps people know where I'm talking about. Out on the farm, anyway. And, and uh, I do live, I did move, in case anybody's wondering that, I just never left my house. I did go away to school and uh, moved to Ottawa for a while, but then moved back, loved it here, and moved back. And then kicked my parents out of their house. Why'd you move back? Pat and I, my husband and I are both from here. And we, every time we would come home to visit, especially with our kids, we'd come home to visit and see both of our families. And the drive home, we would just be like, ah, so beautiful. We love it here. And we were sort of talking about one day, you know, once Pat retires or whatever, we'll come back. Or once the kids are through high school or something, this is well. we had a one and three-year-old. So we were <clears throat> far from that. Um, but then actually he was working for Environment Canada and his entire section got cut one day and we had been talking about wanting to move home and the government cut the funding to the whole group of them and gave us a year's notice and we were like, all right, we're, we're doing it. We're going home. He decided he could try farming, which is what my family does. So he actually moved, we moved home that spring for a trial run and he practiced farming with my dad and my uncle and um he loved it so then we with the year's notice my parents decided to build a new house and we moved into the house i grew up in and we moved home and your kids were one and three then my kids are one and three now 
your kids are how old now? Turning 11 at the end of the month. And eight. And eight. It's been and a while. Do things get easier? <laughs> yes, things get way easier. <laughs> that first year moving home, I actually had both, both my husband and my mom saying like, maybe you made a mistake. Maybe you shouldn't have done this because they were just worried about me because it was hard. And having a farming husband brand new in my world after having a husband who worked like seven to three for the government was an adjustment. And I would be at home at like 5.30 calling him like, when are you coming home? I just need to know what time you will be home so that I know when I have a break. And uh, yeah, it was hard to get used to that. And now it's like, it's awesome. It's great. So yes, it gets easier. <laughs> well, few could do what you did more gracefully, I would say. I mean, anybody on the outside couldn't tell, I would say. Um, so that's- I didn't cry in public. That's, that's good. Yeah, I feel like I've cried in public in, uh, in the last four months. It's been, uh, it has been challenging. Actually, you know what? Actually, I'm lying. I literally saw, you know, John Holt. I literally walked into the store one day and saw him and he said hey how are you and I just started crying and that like is a is a fond memory John and I have sometimes sometimes you got to be vulnerable right you get the that's how you I don't know it's a good thing let it go don't keep it in let it go um well I think where you live is wonderful and I've always loved going out there um and it is really it's it's farm country is the plan that pat will takes over the family business at some point yes um that is the plan there's my um probably not my first one okay. uh, oh, yeah. Sorry. how many acres do you guys farm between there's my dad and my uncle who each have like they all they all work together but they have separate operations um so between them they work almost i think 2400 acres wow I don't even know. That's like, how big is Northumberland? That's like, it's all of Northumberland. <laughs> it's, it's not all of Northumberland. Uh, yeah, and they don't own all of that. A lot of that's rented from people yeah. who own a 70-acre piece of land or whatever, and they want somebody to farm it. So it's pretty wonderful. It, I mean, it's really wonderful. And especially during this time where we've all been asked to stay home as much as possible, I'm every day extremely aware of how lucky we are where we live because staying home still means I can go walk around, like take an hour walk and I don't see a single person or I do, but they're just like, <laughs> they're on their property, you know, 500 feet away from me as I'm walking by and waving and whatever. So it's, it's been like, and it's beautiful. It is beautiful. I love where we live too every day. Is Pat second generation then kind of, uh, did your, did your dad and uncle start the farming business? My, I think great grandfather started it. My grandpa for sure was farmer. I think my great grandfather though came here from England, built the house that I live in. Wow. Um, and yeah, definitely my grandfather. Like I was when I was born, there was already a dairy farm like well established. That's right. And there was cows there when I when I first started coming around. <laughs> I forgot. We were probably here when we did the dumb teenage, like grab the, grab the electric fence thing, and no, I think you were. I think Matt Riley was part of that situation. It was just a one night thing. 
him grabbing something like that surprises me zero. But I don't think I would have. I, maybe I remember myself as a much um, more responsible kid than I was. So what are you doing now? In general, in life, I am one of the co-founders and one of the directors of the Song Program, which is a free uh, after-school music program for kids in Northumberland County. And so that I run one of the choirs, the Port Hope Choir, and I'm also uh, on the administrative team for Song. Um, but right now, obviously, we are not in session. We well, that's not true. We are, but we are virtually in session, which is a brand new thing for us. And kind of amazing we did we want to be there for the kids even when we can't be there with them because the relationships that they have built with each other and with us are like the most are really the most important thing about song that's the whole point so we're trying to find ways to continue operating even though we can't be in a class so that's one thing i do um obviously my two kids have been home with me since march so i was uh, accidentally became a homeschooler for a while there <laughs> so you're happy at summer holidays uh i am and it was fine actually my kids have been the like a really wonderful part of this whole time for me they kept me company and they're fun we played more monopoly than i can even like talk about um and they've been they've been great so yes i'm glad it's summer holidays but also it wasn't that bad and we were not i'm not you might not be surprised to know i'm not like a super anal homeschooling mom so if they didn't get their stuff done they didn't get their stuff done but we tried uh yeah and i write songs and usually teach singing lessons which i have not been doing but i have been growing the best vegetable garden we've ever had nice <laughs> and we have some chickens that we just got too so oh wow right on so what are you growing in your garden garlic strawberries a bunch of herbs onions cucumbers tomatoes Bunch of watermelon, really nice. exciting. Never worked before. Beans, um, hot peppers. Yeah. No zucchinis. We're about to be just oh. buried in zucchinis. Yeah, we go off and on with the zucchinis. We'll grow them one year and then we'll give ourselves two years off because we don't want any more zucchini. <laughs> I you find ways to make it work. Same with radishes. This year I've discovered a really wonderful way to uh, prepare radishes, and like you just roast them for for ages. Um, and I, I made this like r radish potato salad in quotes, um, where <laughs> I cooled them after like baking the heck out of them and added some fresh dill and grainy Dijon and some mayonnaise. And it became this like lovely kind of pseudo potato salad. And, and there's none of that, you know, that really sharp bitterness or, or uh, that comes with the, with the radish. So you know what, when you get it, when you got it, you got to deal with it. I like that about having our own garden, even though it's small, and also about having our own CSA, which we, we started uh, getting one last year. You know, you're, you're kind of forced into, into certain things. It might be outside your comfort zone, and, uh, and then you, you, you make it work because you don't want to uh, throw it out, right? Like, it, yeah, so you get creative, and that's, that's yeah. fun. But we have enough space for about... I think we have a, one a little raised bed that's about maybe 12 feet by two feet. And, uh, and this year we built two more out front that are probably about six feet by two feet. Um, but it's fun. It's something to do that'll like, you know, water the garden and, uh, and see the progress in our, I know that Eleanor, my three-year-old daughter loves to, uh, to go out and harvest 
she brings out her little scissors and like cuts the arugula or, or whatever and then she has no interest in eating the arugula uh, <laughs> but she but she likes the process and that's that's pretty cool do your kids like the garden they do we and we had lettuce too actually i forgot um and they don't eat that either well my son will my daughter will not um they do like it and i love that in the morning going out hey guys can you go get me some green onions and go get me a little basil whatever i love setting them out to do that so that's cool the what we harvested our first watermelon this past weekend which is like way too early but for some reason we just had this huge watermelon but it was not ripe enough yet <laughs> so i think i think it's great there seems to be and maybe it's just because i have kids now and i'm seeing it more often but it's it's great that parents are getting their kids involved in in farming and you grew up in a farm family so maybe it was different for you but like I bet I didn't know what basil was till I was 23 like it's shameful to admit or something you know like I just wouldn't have I just wasn't introduced to it and uh, and kind of ate ate poorly and just rarely anything fresh if it wasn't an apple or banana or or whatever and uh, it's it's great to see that I know lots of, of uh, friends who are who've just begun gardening and whatever small space or big space they have to to get their their kids engaged and um you know that's going to be the way that they they respect food all the yeah. time yeah i hope that's true too i love it <laughs> i hope well who knows i because you're right i grew up like you honestly where even though i'm not a farm family we're not a vegetable farm and we're sort of a large scale farm so that did not mean we had a garden like we didn't have a garden um, because my mom also worked full time and there was just nobody who had the time and desire to do that work. So I didn't grow up with that either. And we didn't grow up going to the farmer's market or buying fresh. We bought like when corn was fresh, when potatoes were fresh, like there was a few key things that my family loved and would buy when they were fresh. Um, but most things like there was no, nobody going to try to get you know radishes when they were fresh or try to find whoever was selling like cucumbers at their roadside stand that wasn't happening for us either so i agree with you um and i'm just thankful that for some reason a lot of us in our generation seem to yeah decide they wanted to wanted that in their life and especially this year obviously when people have time they seem to be going like yeah okay i'm gonna garden because i'm at home and i'm gonna figure this out so that's good and my kids they're hit and miss with it. Like my daughter's a vegetarian, but she's the more picky eater of the two. She's she's the younger one too, so she struggles with things that are say maybe spicy. I made pesto last week with our garlic scapes and basil, and my son like gobbled it up, and and Julia was kind of like, oh, that's too spicy. That's too spicy. <laughs> so I'm, I made some, and it was too spicy for me. It, oh. was, <laughs> it was intense um but it's it's cool it's great like I, it's and, and eleanor participated in that process and yeah i had no interest eleanor has interest in i would say noodles uh and and butter she likes butter and she doesn't need the noodles to eat the butter like she'll just like get her finger in the dish and uh and go for it she she's at her peak pickiness right now and yeah all I can hope for is that one uh, one day she'll uh, she won't. But I was a terribly picky eater until I was probably like on my own. Like I, I was picky. Uh, my mom probably got used to it and started to uh, and just cook me what I what she knew I would eat um, right. for my my teenage years. Um, but yeah, you have you have high hopes <laughs> for your kids eating, but you know, in the end, you just gotta be like, well, they have to eat food, so whatever food they'll they'll eat is a 
is a victory. But then you go to the farmer's market and there's this like kid walking down, he's eating a carrot with his parents and you're like, what did you do? You should write a book. Yeah, but no, my kids are the example of like, it's not what you do as a parent. I mean, some parents will disagree, but I would say the parents don't have as much to do with it as they want to believe because I've yeah. taken my kids, we went to Subway one day just to grab sandwiches and I don't this was a year ago or whatever but and Will went up first and ordered his sub and he likes a veg vegetable sub with like every vegetable on it no meat no processed meat. and he doesn't care that it's processed meat but he just gets like the healthiest possible thing that you could get at Subway he orders and the woman beside me in line looked at me like beaming at me like I was the most wonderful mother that anybody had ever seen and then I'm like just wait a minute and Julia's like I'll have ham and mayonnaise <laughs> that's i didn't do either of those like they well just, you know you gotta just revel in the small victories you're like yeah I, yeah i am i am the best mom for this moment i hate to admit i'm proud of what we have in our house um but ultimately eleanor eats noodles the way it's just the way it is um you mentioned you are a musician mm -hmm. and you are one half of northern hearts mm -hmm. uh Shannon's played a huge role at cultivate over the years cultivate festival uh right you've uh you've played how many times have you played the festival four three for sure maybe four three for sure maybe four in two different capacities or three you've done well it was always northern hearts but the first time we played we had a third member neil was there with us oh that's year. right yes and since then it, we become a duo and we've definitely played twice as a, twice at least but last time we had a drummer too we brought in that's like, right so maybe four yeah we'll go with four let's say four yeah yeah 80 percent of the time and you also led the choir, uh, a pop-up choir. Pop-up choir, we've done that twice. Which I had really big hopes for this year. And although I haven't uh, made any official announcements for this year's festival, in all likelihood, it won't look the way it's looked in the past if anything does happen. But I had big plans for that, uh, for that, that choir to be on the main stage this year and get everybody uh, singing along. But there's always next year. Yes, I think right. I'm with you that even no matter what happens at the festival, probably gathering into a big group and singing together is maybe not on the docket for this year. <laughs> yeah, that's true, eh? It's such a, I didn't even, I didn't even think about that. I thought about how nice it would be to share that together, but, but yeah, the old spit thing, I guess. Yeah, and they're starting to look into, they're doing more research about whether singing actually is more dangerous than any other activity, because they said it was at first, but it was sort of just, they were just guessing, right? They don't, yeah. they didn't know. And so they're starting to do more research, but I think even if the act of singing itself is not more dangerous, to sing together well, you have to get nice and close and really do things that we are not currently <laughs> allowed to do. So. Sometimes it's hard to see the end. You know, it was nice, uh, recent announcement that, that said that, you know, live concerts can happen again. And there's a whole bunch of new, I mean, not new restrictions, but like you, any live concert is going to be reimagined. It's going to look different. It's going to feel different. And I'm really excited. I think that it can be pulled off. I don't think that personally, I have much interest in being in a, in a, inside in a group of 50 people yet. 
but I have lots of interest in being outside with a group of 100 people property space. And I think that in uh, where we live specifically, we have so much outdoor space. We have so much farmland, so many interesting um, vistas. And I think that something could happen here. And I'm, I'm hopeful that it does. And I'm expecting to see online over the next few days, people announcing uh, events and, uh, and stuff. And we'll, we'll see what happens. And hopefully for you, because you're a musician and you haven't played in five months, played for an audience in five months. Yeah. Uh, however, you released two songs yeah. as yourself. I did. Yeah. Tell me about yeah. them. Um, I have, yeah, I've been writing songs in addition to working with Steve at, in Northern Hearts. We also each have written a bunch of other material. And as this, well, Steve, as you know, obviously, but he's, uh, he works in a grocery store and his, his life partner's wife essentially is a nurse. So as soon as this all started, we were like, mm, see ya. Like, I don't know when we will be hanging out again, but it won't be soon. So we stopped playing together and we haven't resumed at this point. So I had written these two songs and actually gone and recorded them in January in advance of going down to Nashville for a weekend just to have some stuff, just to have as much material as possible in case it mattered. Well, it didn't matter in Nashville. There was never an opportunity to do anything with it. But then once we got into this, um quarantine time i was like you know what this is something i can do and this is something that makes me happy and feels like um productive because my goal with those types of songs is to get them out into the world for maybe like think licensing or which means getting them maybe placed in a commercial or in a tv show or a web series or something that's my goal there so i figured put them out and so i put out a couple songs um and also took a few virtual meetings with the music supervisors, who are the people that, that put those things into shows. And in an interesting twist, actually, neither one of them did get placed or at yet when you're out there in the world, who knows? But one of the two of them did get like temporarily put on hold to show the producers of a, of a web series. And the producer of the web series is Lindsay Tapscott. Get out. <laughs> so for those of you who don't know, that's another person who uh, went to high school with us. And uh, that's right. She's been pretty, uh, pretty busy doing some pretty cool things. Very uh, cool. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's pretty neat. Well, fingers crossed that maybe it all comes together. See, that's what yeah, I that do about... It's not. Okay. Like, it's a fast turnaround. Like, okay. they like, put things in a week. But that's all right. I actually then just coincidentally she commented on something I had on Instagram and I told her that story. She was like, oh my God, that's cool. So it's just a cool, like, I think it's a pretty uh, rare thing to get your song placed, obviously, but I was like, that is pretty cool. For the first like nibble of interest was for a show that I was like, oh, I know the person who makes that show, that's you. You probably know one person that makes shows. Exactly. <laughs> the I know who does that and, uh, and there you go. <laughs> So when you release those songs, you release them digitally, obviously, and um, you donated all the proceeds, I believe, to... Tell me about that. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. Um, I did. I, so it was a one-day initiative for Juneteenth, which is something like I do not pretend to know what I'm talking about. I am learning as I go, just like everybody else, about everything related to um, anti-racist work and everything that the current Black Lives Matter... Um, situation has really brought to everyone's attention um, but it struck me as like a tiny little thing I can do if I was going to release a song anyway 
Bandcamp was already offering to, they were already donating their portion of proceeds on that day, on June 19th, to the NAACP uh, Legal Defense Fund. And so I thought, okay, I'm going to release my song on, this, on that day then, and I'm going to donate my portion of the sales to, there was a Toronto uh, organization called Black Women in Motion, which I just thought, I was reading up about them and watching them a little bit and just thought, yep, this is like fairly local, doing things that I love with youth, women, and marginalized people, black people as well, like the, all the whole kind of crux of what they do just really felt right to me. So I just donated that day and then used that as that was sort of, I just tried to push anybody I knew who might buy my songs, like buy them on that day and then donate the music or the, the proceeds to, to those, those two organizations. So I, that's what I did. Nice. I bought, I bought too. I think it, it's really nice that, I mean, uh, I've, on some level, I've enjoyed this experience of COVID of being kind of like isolated with my kids and and wife, and that's been really uh, nice. Uh, and and I'm and I think I miss things like going out to the coffee shop and and sitting there and just having people roll in and saying hi to people and having little conversations. But um, what I might be realizing is that I'm I'm not as much of an extrovert as I might have thought I was. Um, but when I'm in, when I'm stuck inside, I still want to be able to support things, mm -hmm. and uh, and it's nice when there's little opportunities like that. Like, um, yeah, you know, buying two songs isn't isn't uh, a complicated thing, but it's a great way to be able to support you and uh, your your work and the things that you you care about. Um, so I thought that was a nice thing, and hopefully there was a, was a good amount of people that uh, that agree with that. I find that there's like a I mean, the music industry is struggling. It's not pretty at this point, um, no. but, pe but people are hungry to help. And it'll be really interesting to see how things change. Um, I wonder if for the next couple of months when people are allowed to do a little bit of stuff outside, if people will press pause on that um, virtual music stuff, because it's really, people like to listen to music, but I, but I don't think the watching watching live music virtually is really cutting it for people and people are desperately trying because it's you know their life's their life's on the line they got to make money they got to pay rent and all this stuff it's really uh, complicated but nothing's really come nothing has come out a clear winner there's no way to really figure figure out a way to monetize your work digitally yet so it's uh but people but but the consumers like myself were hungry to support if there is a good way to do it just kind of always waiting for the for the good way one thing that i am aware of i don't have one so it's not like i'm not plugging myself here but one thing that i think um well first off i agree with you the virtual online music stuff doesn't nearly come close enough to me for what i want as a consumer of music as an as an enjoyer of music it's like i'm happy it's there i'm glad to support the artist and it's something, but it doesn't, it doesn't get me anywhere near where I am with a live performance. And that has made me, this time has made me aware that like, I want to go to more live shows. That's, that's <laughs> yeah. a lot of things that I want to do more of right now. I'm pretty happy being like having less in my schedule, but that's one thing that I'm like, man, that's a good feeling. That's a great uh, moment to just be in a crowd of 10 people or 2000 people or whatever it is, but at a live show, that's something that I miss. But 
back to the how to support people digitally, one thing that some artists do, which I'm sure is not news to you, but I find the Patreon model to be a way if you really love an artist, you, you got to be really invested in, like, in that artist, not just a song or two, but to go and support them monthly or every time they make a make something or whatever, you're kind of on board. I've seen that that can really work for some people and it kind of just gives them a steady income so they can be creators, which is pretty great. Well, the model has to change in my opinion on some level because I mean, who knows? We could be a month from now and we're, we're back in action or something. But I think that if there is ever an opportunity for for musicians to I guess step up and represent themselves now would be the time. There's no money for all the levels that get paid management and booking agents and whatever yeah. lawyers and all that stuff. And you guys are, you are creators. You create potentially every day, but the opportunity to create a personal brand is like now, right? Like make yourself Shannon Linton online and tell a story, tell your story and get people interested in what you do. So things like, uh, uh, Patreon are, are uh, valuable to people, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I want to pay eight bucks a month because I, I love what this person's doing and I'm getting a uh, great value out of it. And I, I feel like there's a lot of them missing the boat there. People, uh, I mean, people that are doing it full time for, for or want to be doing it full time or had been doing it full time, yeah. they, you know, I think they're hopeful that this whole thing's going to just come out the other side, but geez, I don't even know if in a year from now you're going to be able to play a venue with more than a third capacity or, or whatever it is, and the money's not going to be the same. But, you know, I don't want to watch a live concert online the same way I want to go to a live show in real life, but I, but I would be interested in seeing you play your new song for the first time online or uh, yeah, sharing, you know, the lyrics you wrote from yesterday and like being a part of the the experience yeah. of being a, an artist um but i mean that's me and and who knows if that's anybody else but i just know that you know all my friends who are musicians i feel for them deeply and uh and you know i'm hopeful that they can find ways that uh they can that can pay off uh, sooner sooner than later, uh, especially as a promoter. Like I, one way I've been able to help people is put them on stage and give them a bit of money. Yeah. And, and you know, I can't do that uh, right now. But right. So where can people find your songs? So you can find my songs and Northern Hearts music on any, like, on obviously Spotify, which if we're talking about ways to help people make money, don't go there. But you can go there if you just want to hear them. Um, you Sorry. Can buy Sorry? Just apologizing because I use I use Spotify. Oh, I do too. I do too. I'm not saying don't. Like, I do, but my way, of, I like use Spotify, and if I love something, then I go buy it, you know? It's kind of like I'm testing it out. It's like my little radio station, and then I'll go buy it if I love it. Um, but Bandcamp is where you can find those two songs that I put up that were being, the donation was made to, um, uh, on June 19th. So they're there, they're on iTunes, all the places online. There are no physical copies of those two songs. Because why? Do you really want one? No. Uh, <laughs> I'd have to buy a CD player. Exactly. And I'm certainly not pressing vinyl. I know that thing. I know people are into that. I'm not. So like good and that's cool, but no. 
not now. Um, no, not for me anyway. But I'm, I am also one of those people who like, if this is not my livelihood, I wasn't paying my mortgage with this, obviously. So it's not, uh, I'm not in a desperate situation like many people are. I'm very lucky. And I mean, who knows, farming is probably going to take a hit this fall too. But, but there are, you know, we have other avenues of making money besides me writing songs that people buy. So that's a good, good thing. <laughs> but, but it's also a really important creative outlet for you, right? Like it, oh, it's, yeah. a, it's, it's, it supports, you know, you have two kids. Yeah. And it, that ain't easy on the best of days. Singing songs can really just make you feel good, right? Yeah, so. Yeah. And I shouldn't downplay, like, I mean, I shouldn't, just because it's not my life, I don't make my money off. It doesn't mean it's not something I do seriously and take yes. seriously and, and work hard at. It's my whole life, but this is what I've trained to do. So it is something I do with all the highest level of professional intention, but I'm just saying I'm very thankful I can still buy groceries. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes. And I, and I, feel, uh, I feel the same thing without, without, you know, Cultivate maybe happening or not. And uh, Cultivate Festival, that is, uh, you know, I don't know. I'm at a crossroads in my life myself. You know, I'm, 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 I have 20 years experience in hospitality and, and five years experience in the events industry. And both of those industries are just being decimated. So I'm here as a 38 year old guy, just kind of wondering what the heck um, should I be doing with my life? That's why I started a newsletter and that's why we're here having a podcast today. Uh, cause I don't know exactly what to do, but I know that one thing I can do is kind of give back to my community. That's been so supportive of me in the past. Um, but it is, uh, it's, it's complex, I guess, uh, at this time, it should fill our, fill our days with, I mean, I'm lucky, I guess is what the point I'm making, just like you, I'm lucky. Uh, we're in a place my my wife works full time and I work part time as a events event management um, instructor at Centennial College uh, and I've got enough to kind of get us by right now so we're very lucky in in that regard but um, yeah we just I don't know it's funny we're living in a funny time what are yeah. the silver linings what are the silver linings you're finding through all this you know what I don't know if everybody would agree with me but I actually think in some ways this is good for my children i know it's not good for everybody's children some people are not able to be home with their kids like i have been able to be but i do think that actually um free time boredom being stuck with your family like these things are all can be really good for kids and i've noticed my kids um their bond with me and with each other is pretty damn strong right now which i like and i don't like obviously that they struggle they can't see their friends and or they can, but from six feet apart, which doesn't really work very well for kids. They don't want no. to sit at across the yard. They want to play and touch each other. So that's hard. But that's one thing I actually think is a silver lining. Like, I will never have this again with my kids. They will never want to spend every waking minute with me. So I'm loving that. And I do think silly things, like I like sitting outside and like looking at the trees and listening to the birds and I'm bored enough to just go do that and it's pretty magical some days and you're like well I'm again I'm not delusional enough to think that once I have the option to go do a bunch of stuff I'm going to choose to sit outside and stare at a tree but but right now it's kind of it it is actually beautiful and and calming and I'm writing a lot 
because again, like all the things that you're like, well, I'm bored. So what am I going to do? Actually end up being great. I think that there's certainly the reconnection to nature. I mean, maybe it's a connection in the first place for me. I don't know if I've ever been connected, but I'm having the same, the same feelings. And I, and it might be as well because I have a, again, a young daughter that's kind of interested in this stuff. Um, but, but I, but I don't know, but it, but it really is slowing us down. And if you're lucky enough to be slowed down, uh, I mean, some people are working harder than ever and, and some people have a lot, a lot to worry about, a lot of stress in their lives. And I certainly recognize that I'm, that I'm uh, luckier uh, than them. And, uh, but, but with any luck, we're, we don't jump, we, or we recognize, I guess, the things that we have connected or reconnected with and the importance of them and what, what makes them special and keep, keep them with us while, when we do have the opportunity to, uh, to, to do the things we used to do kind of blindly, right? I think we just, it's fair to admit that just did stuff before because stuff needed to be done, right? Like who, we need to slow down. Totally, and you did stuff because, at least I do a lot of things because I like to know I'm making progress or I'm making big momentum happening or I've like gotten somewhere a step further in a, in a trajectory than I was the last week. But then sometimes I'm like, do I want to be on this path though? Like, is this, do I need to get to the next step here? Because I don't even know if I want to be there. So it is interesting to be like, no, the path is stopped. You're not going anywhere. And then go like, do I miss it? Do I miss what I was doing? Do I want to do that anymore? I don't know. So I find that interesting. Also on a very like, <laughs> just silly silver lining, people will deliver things to my house right now. Which <laughs> Never, never in my life have I had food delivered to my house here. Um, it has happened. I've had books delivered, Furby House books, books and Let's Talk books in Coburg, both have delivered out here. I think I've actually kept them both in business. Like we, <laughs> I, there was a, I mean, we slowed down a little bit as the weather got nicer, but I think I was ordering like 10 books every two weeks. Just like, wow. And I was so excited <laughs> to get delivery to my house. So that's, so, yeah, I hope sticks around. So if you never have to leave your house again, you're good. I mean, I'll just keep ordering books. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> in, in, I think that there's a lot of cool models that are being reimagined, I guess, or a lot of models that are being reimagined. And it's a good thing because there's a lot of models that weren't really strong. And like, I, I've talked to the folks at Furby Books and the owner's one of my neighbors and, uh, and it's, it's complicated. It's, a, it's, quite a, it's, it's quite a change. But at the same time, um, the hunger is still there. People still want to read, and uh, and it's it's just it's just different. And might be and it, and it may over time be better if they keep opening themselves to exploring that. Uh, yeah. It's better for you. You're consuming more books, probably maybe by the sounds of it, spending more money on books. Um, and like it's it's just it's kind of neat to see. And it, it, you know, I'm a silver linings guy. And I look around, I see a lot of, a lot of trouble, a lot of troubled industry and, and, uh, and feel for a lot of people of my friends who are part of these or owners of restaurants or whatever. But uh, there's been very few and I'm not connected to like big industry stuff. Um, but in terms of like my retail buddies and my restaurant buddies, like there's very few models that can't be reimagined for, for to be better. Mm -hmm. if they're open to it 
and yeah. hey, you know, I mean, maybe, again, maybe I'm wrong, but uh, but I but I like to see that kind of the, those silver linings, and and yeah, I, I like when it comes to food. I'd rather get takeout and eat in my backyard with my family. Yeah. You know? I, I'd rather do that than go and sit on on a on a patio and have to worry about my kids just going crazy or whatever. Yeah. For one, but also. We got a nice little backyard, and I, and I and I and I like that. We've been out to a patio probably twice, maybe, maybe not even, maybe only. No, we've been twice, um, and that's nice to to kind of just feel something new. But I but I like that. I think that's uh, that's good for people. They need to, and you spend less money when you do that. You save money when you when you eat at home, even if you are doing takeout. If you're drinking a bottle of wine, you paid uh, you paid retail for it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. No, I. I I'm 100% the same because of my kids. Like, I don't want to, especially now with distancing, I don't want to have to be screaming at them, get back here, don't go near those people, blah, blah, blah. Like, stupid, being an insane person when we could just eat at home. And uh, and the reimagining models, I think, like, for instance, using the bookstores as an example, I always want to support local if I can. And I'm also a human who gets lazy sometimes and just wants to click something on a computer and have it show up at my door. And if I can call Furby House Books or email them and get them to bring it to my door, I am like, it's the best of all the things that I want. You know yeah. what I mean? Not that I don't ever want to go shop in the store. I love going to a bookstore, but but it's like, oh, it satisfies both of those things for me. And it means I'm not gonna go to Amazon because I want to I want Furby to still be there when this is over. And so I wanna support them. And if this stays when this is all over, I don't ever need to shop on Amazon again for books. Like I will just always be able to shop at the local Furbies and Let's Talk, I, I'm I'm there for it, you know? I know Spark Toys have been doing it, like Rolling Grape has been delivering wine to people, like I know everybody's doing it and I'm like, you know what? I'm not sure if they can sustain it when they don't have to anymore, but they could definitely, I think, claw back some money from these big online stores if they could find a way to continue offering it. Yeah. And they can, and they get, they're getting the job done even faster, right? People are, are, are used to delivery from these big companies who are now slower in their delivery in many cases but you, you the local merchants can manage those expectations a lot easier right if we deliver Tuesday and Friday and you, you know we're gonna get it and that's that's a nice thing so there's uh, there's a real kind of uh, value in that and yeah, yeah you know if you it's I mean it ain't easy you, get, you probably got to have a volunteer driving around or something like that. Like until you figure out the financial model, be able to pay everybody right. Like it's going to take a village or whatever, but, um, but it is, it is pretty cool. And I like that, uh, that quote of, uh, I like local, but I am also a human that likes, uh, like this kind of simplicity. Um, that's, that's kind of the reality I, I live in too, right? Like convenience is still really wonderful. And if, if, lo if local can catch up to convenience, you know, I think that our, all of our individual local economies can really um, flourish. So I look forward to that. So in, you mentioned Rolling Grape is delivering wine. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Rolling Grape Vineyard is uh, just, it's not in Northumberland County, but we're neighbors. They're on the other side of Rice Lake. So anything that's- Oh, is that Northumberland County? It just crosses over, eh? Yeah, we end at Rice Lake and they're on the other side of Rice Lake. Okay. So there you go. There's your geography lesson for the day. Um, but I say that anything, if it's like your neighbor, like if you, you know, if your neighbor was technically in a different county, they're still your neighbor. They're still like, it doesn't matter. They're still our people. So well, I can get to Rolling Great faster than I can get to Coburg. So for me, it seems 
Yeah, yeah, that's the other thing about porters is it's, it's complicated. Right. Um, but what are you drinking? What are they, what, what's good from them? I actually went out there on, on the weekends. That was my only first time I've ever been to a patio. And I went out there and they are doing sangria on their patio this weekend. So I had a pitcher of sangria there with a friend. I, we, got, we got dropped off. um it was so good it was like it had just downpoured and then it was sunny for two hours i'm like okay let's go let's go we met out there and um that was amazing so they do a really nice sangria white sangria because i think your delivery must have gone so well they are sold out of all their red wow yeah so they've done really well but they had some they had like five or six whites on offer still so it's still definitely worth going and they have a charcuterie board that's pretty damn good so i would nice. go to the patio so what about food delivery what are you getting delivered which what would you suggest people will be eating that's getting delivered to your home you know what was delivered and i think it was a mistake actually but then they agreed to keep doing it was the social when they were doing their dinner club um i didn't check the first week they did it I didn't select delivery, but then when I went to pay, it asked for like my address and it had a $5 charge on it. And I was like, okay, it must just be like an online form that's not sorted itself out yet. And I don't care. So I just filled it out. And then they called me and were like, we're on our way. I was like, I'm sorry, what? You're coming to my house? So they delivered here. And then the next time I went to order from them, I was like, I think that was an accident. And, but if you're willing to do it again, I would pay more than $5 for it. And they were like, no, no, no problem. We'll do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. I think it was an accident, but it was the happiest accident of my life to get food delivered out here. Um, other than that, we've been picking it up ourselves, but we've been getting a lot of sushi from Coburg, the two different sushi places from Coburg. Um, if I'm in town at lunchtime, I love to go get Kraft. And like, just Kraft is my favorite, favorite restaurant. So just like stock up on all their stuff and bring it home. I think that's nice. probably my, our main one. Nice, I didn't know about the dinner club. Uh, from the social after. I'm not sure if it's still happening now that they're able to, like, I assume their patio's open. Yeah, yeah. Doing it, but they were doing a weekly dinner club. So you just had a one menu, like, there was menu, it's Thursdays, that was it. But. Cool. Yeah, I like it. And there you go. Like, you know, you got to figure it out, right? You, you got nobody coming in, you got to figure out how to make people happy. And, now, and all of a sudden you've had this great experience and you can, yeah. you know, you think about the place potentially entirely differently right and uh, and that's uh, that's a good thing it's a it's a pretty cool thing good stories good <laughs> times interesting conversation thank you shannon before we say goodbye i don't know is there anything else you'd like to to sneak in there is there anything that like that song needs is there anything that shannon linton artist needs i think that like one of the things i'm hopeful to accomplish with this whole cultivate northumberland thing is that you know we're just we can connect people that's always kind of what i liked about doing the festival was was about connection so i'm interested in that question like what what do people need um and oftentimes they don't know there's people out there that can give it to them if i can help that i'm happy to help that well you know what song um any and all people in town who've never heard of us, it would be amazing if you would follow our uh, social media just to find out what we're about and to just keep up with what we're doing. Um, we, and we also, right now, because of the situation, again, putting it out there into the universe, we could really use help with solutions for making sure our students have 
access to um, internet. That's not something all of our students have. And with having to do our program virtually, that's what, that's we try to be we try to break through all the barriers to make sure any kid can access Song, and that's a barrier right now that we face. That's like extremely expensive or difficult logistically for us to sort out on our own. So I don't know if there's anybody out there with ideas or with um, knows of a company that could help with that. That'd be like probably right now for Song. That's probably one of the major things. That and just check us out. Check out Facebook and see what we're up to. Um, and then I don't know. For me as an artist, I don't. I don't know if I need anything right now, but it made me, I wanted to just, you know, thinking of this whole local, local sort of celebration of, of Northumberland, I wanted to mention that those two songs that I released actually were recorded in Harwood. Yeah. Yeah. That. We, we almost recorded. made it. I know, I didn't even, my phone never rings. It's not a thing. Shut up, phone. Um, there we go. We're recorded in Harwood by Adam Newcomb. That's right. Incredible. Newcomb Studios? Newcomb Studios. Yep. So I meant to mention that, so I'm glad you brought that up. That's what you should know. He's incredible. He works with, like, um, I don't know, tons of people, and he just does a really fantastic job. So it's worth shouting out to him because he's amazing. Yeah, and he does it quietly and humbly, you know. And, and he's, I remember being around Adam when he first started this, and, uh, and he just kind of, like, dove in. And, and he just hasn't slowed down and he made it his living and it was his dream and he's made his dream come true and that's pretty cool to know that there's uh, somebody doing such high quality work uh in our own backyard so i'll i'll put a link to that to him and i'll put a I'll put a link to song and i'll put a link to shannon linton and northern hearts music um and just to, quickly about the song issue is the internet issue more uh, is it about um, you know, lack of ac internet in in um, rural Northumberland, or is it socioeconomic? Probably both. Perhaps more socioeconomic, probably for us, but definitely rural. Like I myself have terrible internet living at where I live, and sometimes it just won't upload. I've tried to upload videos to YouTube that are like ten minutes long, and it's taken twenty four hours to upload them. So. That is an option, uh, an issue um, as well. So I just know that there are, I know that there are devices that people have have had donated to other song or other Systema programs that have like, you know, just a data plan on a tablet or whatever that already can mm. do what needs to be done. Interesting. So I think it's more, it's more uh, socioeconomic or even just there's five people in the house right now all trying to use one computer. It's not, yeah. not so. Okay, I'll get some more information about that from you afterwards and, and try to make that clear in uh, in the, I don't even know what I'm doing here, but uh, in the notes section, I guess. Um, but great. So thanks, Shannon. It was nice to chat with you. Um, as always, thanks for being my first ever guest. Thanks for inviting me. I loved it. Thank you so much for listening. I truly hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Shannon is a wonderful person doing wonderful things. I strongly encourage you to check out Song, as well as Shannon Linton Music and Northern Hearts. And hey, maybe even order some takeaway from The Social or uh, grab a bottle of wine from Rolling Hills. Connecting you to Northumberland and the people in it is what this is all about. If you have any opinions of this week's episode, please leave them for me. I'd love to hear, good or bad, I'm always trying to improve.